Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome to episode 78. We are at PCA National Headquarters. Around the table, we have our usual cast and crew. We have Damon, Manny, myself, and of course, at the controls, we have Robert Forsyth. We have a lot to go over today because we've done a lot of car stuff in the past 48, 48 hours. Busy, busy week. Busy, yeah. busy weekend. Uh, for myself, we uh, kicked it off with the local car show at Mikey and Mel's, and then I got to do what is really a wonderful Chesapeake region tradition, and you've been a part of that for quite some time, Manny, and that was the Chesapeake Crab Feast. I think uh, we, Bob and Gutierrez and I have been doing this show for over 25 years. And for those listening, the show isn't really a show. It's a uh, uh, we walk around and we uh, pick some funny things on cars that we've noticed, and then we give uh, funny awards. Because uh, years, years ago, we did a crab feast and they held a concord, which was kind of funny because for Maryland crabs, get your hands get very dirty because there's a lot of seasoning on there, and the last thing you want to be doing is touching your car. Uh, but that's what it was, a concord. So people are rushing to prepare the cars. So over 25 years ago, we changed it to a uh, fun type of car show and so you first walk out you're thinking these cars are way too clean they're too perfect we're not going to find anything but as you look inside you always find something uh, you know so uh, <laughs> one of our members asked us like does any other region do a crab feast like this and i don't know that i've heard of any but it's an amazing tradition one because it's maryland crabs and uh the place where ron and linda gordon and uh uh ellen and uh, Ellen Beck and uh, Bob Gutyard get these crabs and steamed shrimp. They're delicious. They're like amazing. <laughs> yeah, you can find yeah. them pretty much anywhere here in Maryland. Yeah, yeah but not everyone makes them the same. Yeah, not yeah, everyone yeah. makes them the and same. There's gotta, different quality yeah. and different size crabs. And mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I think everybody eating that day kind of hit the wall within like half an hour. Like yeah. there's so the much shrimp food. was huge. Yeah. And, and uh, each of us are assigned a either an appetizer or dessert. So then once you're done with the, the seafood, you go to the tent and there's tons more food to eat. and um, Surf and turf. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And I do like what, what Manny and Bob do as the the fun with the uh, car show is it's it's not about and, and the people have no idea what the categories are. So I think you like gave someone uh, like the the dirtiest car, the car with like the craziest shag carpet. My favorite was, uh, it was the, um, it was an SC. It was a really good shape. It got our attention. We have beautiful interior and, uh, it had a Clifford alarm, which got our attention. And, but, I remember but, those. But the Dan McNally was one of the uh, judges. He felt, he goes, Oh my God. He goes, there's a map quest printed out how to get here. People still use map. And so we joked. We said, just because you have a car from the eighties doesn't mean you have to live in the eighties. Does the map quest website, is that still a thing? I it must be. I think it is. It's still a thing because he yeah. used it to get to the crap. Yeah, no, it, it had, it was current. It wasn't, if it was old, I was thinking you must not clean your car out because that's like a decade of a piece of paper. So. But it, it was current for him to use to get to the crap piece. Yes. Yeah. That's what, that's, <laughs> that's why hilarious. he won the award. We were like, uh, Wow, that, using MapQuest, that's awesome. That's hilarious. So what would my car get, award-wise, if uh, it were your, there? Your, your car would get the Pigpen Award. Okay, good. So I would have beaten that other guy you, you just mentioned. If we looked inside and saw how you cut out the center console to fit the seat, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that alone probably would have gotten yeah. the award. You but see, there was somebody one time who brought a Cayenne. And they set up a, and they, they tried to win on purpose. You know, they, mm. they put this umbrella and they put stuffed animals. And I said, no, that's not the, no, no, you're no. not going to win if you try. It's right. just that my favorite has always been the guy with the uh, long hood Targa, who the uh, interior was just chewed up. And uh, the seats were all, it, it needed a complete restoration of the interior. And yet he was using a sunshade. And so we looked at the car, we were like, what is he trying to save with the sunshade? Everything's gone. And uh, we decided it was, it was, he was trying to be nice to the mouse that ate his interior. And we called it the Humanitarian Award. <laughs> <laughs> to, to give you an idea, there was a beautiful Miami Blue GT3. Won nothing. <laughs> yeah, of course. It was too nice. Yeah, it was too nice. So did you uh, have anything fun going on Saturday? Oh, we, well, before you get to Saturday, yeah, we took a little trip to uh, to uh, Raleigh-Durham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it seems like a long that's time right, ago. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah we flew down. The, yeah, on, the, on Wednesday of... 
last week, which when you hear this, that'll be two Wednesdays ago now. Yeah. Yeah, we flew, flew down, which to the, it's, it's only like a 45-minute uh, gate-to-gate yeah. flight. As, as, long, as long as the pilot doesn't say, we, we've got bad news. Yeah, you never want to hear that from a pilot. <laughs> when Pilot or your doctor. And he came on very seriously. He goes, uh, folks, uh, Sir Captain from the flight deck, uh, uh, I've got some bad news. And I, as soon as he said that, I like took my ear pot off. And I heard something about a fuel spill. Yeah. I took the other ear pot off. And then I realized he was saying that a plane had to make an emergency landing ahead oh. of us and spilled fuel and we were being diverted diverted to Norfolk. You know that uh, oh. doctors and uh, that doctor in scrubs who would always start out with something that sounded really bad and then yeah. follow it up it was like we have a fuel leak. So or uh, uh there's a fuel leak, we don't have enough fuel to circle and you're thinking, "Oh gosh, so what are we going to do?" So we're just going to go to Richmond. Okay. So <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> I, for a second I'm like this is how it happens. Yeah. <laughs> a random Wednesday when you're not expecting anything, a simple 45 not minute Not enough fuel. Luckily by the time we landed at Norfolk, they said that the fuel spill wasn't bad and we we would refuel and then turn around and fly to Raleigh. So we were, we were delayed only an, an hour. Uh but yeah. um and luckily uh Road Scholars which we were going to, they were only um 10 minutes from the airport. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a quick Uber, and we uh... now uh, what was it? When was the uh, their facility where it had like the gas explosion? The explosion when, yeah. That was downtown. That was in 2018, maybe. I believe so. 2018. Yeah, several. So years for now. those of you that don't know, luckily no one was hurt, but it was um, terrifying to hear that the building in which they had uh, a part of their collection. Mm-hmm. Was and it was, actually, I don't think the explosion was actually in their part of it, but was like the the bakery or something like that next yeah. to it. And I should say, people were hurt. A couple oh, people, people were, hurt? yeah. And the, oh, I didn't know in that. The adjacent, I think, in the coffee shop, there was oh, one or two deaths from the explosion. Really, just, just not in the Ingram collection. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't think Ingram. Anyone from Ingram was there. Was yet. there? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Nobody okay. was at the collection. But people at the coffee shop. Oh, how yeah, sad. But know. yeah, I mean, it was. You know, to see all their beautiful cars and, you know, lives are more important, obviously, mm-hmm. but, you know, that to recover from something like that. Now, do they still have that that collection downtown or no? No, it sounds like I believe everything's up at this this facility has several buildings mm-hmm. and um, they have a shop in one and yeah. I believe some cars in some of the others. And then they have a whole separate yeah. building where the collection houses. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, um you know, lives lost is, is a horrible thing. Um, but, you know, with some hard work, um, you know, a, a lot of the cars that were in the Ingram collection, you know, were, were totally destroyed. But a few weren't so destroyed and, um, you know, where they couldn't come back. And that 904, actually, that we were filming, that was one of the cars in the building. It was. Oh, it was one of the cars in the wow. building. And they restored it pretty soon after. And I remember at Chesapeake Challenge several years ago, Cam came and gave a a presentation on how that was restored and um it looks you know brand new now yeah um, but he was talking about how you have to go find for that metallic flake you have to find the right fish scale yeah. you know so you're searching the globe for fish scales to, yeah. to mix into the paint wow um and the body's essentially glued to the frame so mm-hmm. they had to go find the original adhesive to keep everything as original as possible so, right yeah, yeah it was quite a quite an undertaking but uh, if i believe I'm not, one pebble i was about to say if i'm not mistaken a year later after either, either one or got second i forget exactly which one well but it, it was, yeah it, it was, was up, up for coming back so what what did you guys go down there for again uh, so we are we finished up filming um, for a video that'll be coming out in September, uh, the week of Rensport. Um, the theme being giant killer to giant. Ah, you know, right, 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 right. From first Lamar win to winning overall in 1970, and uh, Cam Ingram is um, such an expert. I think many would agree mm-hmm. on all of Porsche's historical cars, but we were focusing on post 356 SL. So starting with the 550. And going, we covered the 911R, sort of an outlier, since I don't believe it ran at Le Mans, but, uh, you know, all those prototypes up through 67. Yeah, it was, uh, obviously, he knows even the chassis numbers uh, <laughs> that were through on the cars. Yep. So, uh, yeah, he was, um, as I mean, soon as we started discussing this project, he's the first person that came to mind yep. because he's so knowledgeable. And it's hard to find people who actually race these cars in the 50s now. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's uh, even Alwyn Springer, you know, he didn't start until... The sixties, mm-hmm. the, the, the mid mid sixties. So, it's um, good that uh, you know Cam has spent so much time restoring these cars that he's a wealth of knowledge. 
Yeah, and it's it's a family affair, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Ingram, Mr. Bobby Ingram, and him, uh, Cam and Rory, and yeah, it's uh they're very well respected in the uh, industry, and the the amount of knowledge they have is unsurpassed. Yeah, and we saw some possibilities for other panorama stories or videos. So he took me over while Damon was filming the cars after the interview. He walked me over to the uh, collection, the family collection, I guess you could call it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, he was pointing out a lot of cars and their stories, and they were great panorama stories. So, yeah. and, and projects they're working on currently right now that would be they, they restore. I think he said two or two and a half cars a year. That's what they average. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, and you could tell, and and what I, my first thought was, why well, I may never own a three fifty six was the amount of labor to fix correctly rust. Oh gosh, and, you know, yeah. if you got a regular, let's say a regular fifty six B. Mm -hmm. No sunroof or anything. You got to start having a uh, serious talk with yourself. Is it worth uh, the price when it's all done? Yeah. Because um, I mean, they are there just hours and hours, just making sure everything's uh, perfect. And it's um, you know, it's not art. Body work is it's an is art. Cheap. And this is uh, it, it was it's. And then they took me to where they rebuilt the uh, four cam engines. Oh. And yeah, the. The nightmare as far as because you can't go to Porsche Classic and buy tools to rebuild a four cam engine. I think uh, so. Alvin Springer was with us over the weekend, which we'll get into. But he was telling us that there are like four or five a shops handful, a in handful. the world that can yeah. rebuild a four cam. Well, I think probably that have a good reputation. They or have, is, yes, or has a I well, could probably rebuild <laughs> that has a well known reputation yeah. uh, for rebuilding uh, four cams. But I mean, just think yeah. of the value alone. I forgot many four cam engines. You said. Now, I think they're about 300,000. Yeah, so. Wow. <laughs> and there aren't that many of them. And yeah. a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the knowledge of from the people that were experts in 4CAM wasn't passed on. Yeah. You know, that's the sad part. I asked Simon, who was doing the uh, rebuilding, I said, how many of these parts can you call Germany up and buy? And he was like, virtually none. We have to For have the made. Yeah, yeah, everything. Even the tools. He showed me that he pulled out a bunch of tools. He said, these are tools that um, you're talking about pull, pull. Made and so you think a race car you can pull everything apart and have tons of access but he says he even had to modify a socket so that he could get a spark plug out because he, there's no regular tool that you can use to get out in a four cam yeah. like, wow so we got to see uh we knew we were going to meet the ingrams again at vir later on in the week but we got to see the their how they prep the cars because they were getting the cars ready for uh for their uh, shakedown day at VIR, and then ultimately um, Rensport. Yeah. Everyone, like we saw at Canepa shop, everyone's got their target on Rensport. <laughs> yeah. After Rensport, I think everyone's going to take a month off. <laughs> at yeah. least. Yeah. All right. So uh, back to Saturday before we headed down to VR. Did you do anything special? I didn't do Damon. anything special. I helped a friend um, replace a coolant hose on his car and burp the coolant. And uh, it's it seems like it's the year of car trouble. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think we were talking about, you know, when you have a garage and a lift, you know, you want to work on your own cars. But then all your friends and oh, family, I, you know, I hey, can you I fix my car? Actually, I suffer <laughs> from that a lot. Um, my yeah. brother drops off cars. My sister-in-law drops off cars. My aunts and uncles in fact this weekend i'll be changing or i'm gonna actually i'm gonna have jonah do it i'm gonna have jonah change the oil in his grandmother's uh, crv so nice so if he messes it up you'll never be asked to do it again is that how it works <laughs> unfortunately i never let it you know i'm always supervising i don't let it get to that point but um he needs to turn some wrenches and get his fingers dirty yeah <laughs> exactly all right and then uh, after uh, saturday evening we all hopefully went to bed early because we were at the office at 5 a.m. and climbed into uh, a minivan and made our the official minivan of all rental car companies. <laughs> yeah, I love them. I love them. Pacifica? Chrysler, Chrysler, Chrysler Pacifica. Pacifica. I love them. Yeah. I wouldn't own one, but I love oh, them. They for, for, they're so horrible. I hate not. those cars. However, for filming or trips, you can deal with all the crappiness. You had my had, opinion. <laughs> you had a really bad one in. Yeah. Uh, in Monterey, but we most of the times these it had a Voyagers, exhaust. yeah, yours yeah, had yours had an exhaust. Leak. I thought I'm like, yours. man, they really upped their game, you know, with this. Uh, it had it was a newer model with a nicer touch screen than you know, it wasn't like you know five inches. It was pretty large. Um, then you know the exhaust sounded better than a lot of sports Cause, cars because it had a hole in it. And then yeah, 
Vu is a uh, a little more perceptive, and it's probably an exhaust. Loop, I, I do so. <laughs> I do try to get like one with the least amount of mileage when I when yeah. I rent them. I do look, but um, yeah. So we piled in and did what five five hour trek to VIR yeah. from from here? Yeah, that early in the morning. It was on a Sunday. There was very little traffic going through Washington D.C. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. The uh, the seniors of the group uh, made the drive down and they stayed I, a week. <laughs> yeah, so I I did about an hour and a half or so, and then Manny he was wide awake, so he drove, and um, you know our 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 two uh, young young ones were hanging in there in the back, <laughs> <laughs> sleeping and reading the economy. I don't, know you, I don't know if you can see that, Damon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but they had a surfboard between them, so it was all good. No, no touching. <laughs> Yeah, but it was pouring down rain, so we were wondering, man, what will happen with the race? But thankfully, when we got to VIR for race day, it was actually pretty clear. We well, t- they timed it perfect because it didn't start yeah. pouring again until after the awards ceremony. Yeah. So, we so why did, why did we have a surfboard going to VIR? Because <laughs> it was raining so hard. <laughs> the, Dan River, the Dan River is right next to the trek. So at, at I forget which parade it was. I think it was our Boca. It was Boca. Well, yeah. Boca so parade. At, the, at Boca parade, uh, Porsche Cars North America had a beautiful display with surfboards and such. And there's a um, this is the Salzburg uh, livery surfboard that we have on display at the office here. Oops, sorry. And um, so they're they're building a special car that will be at Rensport Union 7, mm-hmm. and they wanted the surfboard to be part of the display. Oh, nice. So I've never shipped a surfboard, but Did I was asking what kind of car. Uh, no, I didn't. I just asked for the surfboard. Well, right. That should be an exchange for taking the surfboard. <laughs> you got to tell us what you're bringing. So I was like, well, it sounds like an easy request, but shipping a surfboard yeah. is not exactly. I don't know how to do it. So yeah. I was thinking we would just fly it down. Right. And then Kathy Lee from Porsche Cars North America, she was going to be at VIR. So I said, well, if we can take it down to yeah. her. Then she can put it on the plane when she gets home. Because I, you know, when we travel, I often see skis and stuff like that, and I figure the yeah. plane can. The plane would be yeah. the safest way and the quickest way to yeah. get it down there. It is. I, I, I bought a surfboard in Hawaii years ago and just took it on the plane back. Yeah. So this should be fine. Yeah, and it, it worked out fine. I was a little yeah. nervous, but yeah. as soon as she landed. She called me and she said, made it, no problem. So, so I'm, I'm picturing uh, uh, Kathy with PCNA, you know, down in Florida on the wave surfing right now. No. Maybe not right now. It's probably a little bit. It's, no. I think the hurricane's coming no. coming through. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to do some sort of Salzburg livery, yeah. some kind of car, and have that on top of it. Mm-hmm. That'll look cool. Yep. All right. So once we got down there, Porsche Platz was already um, popping. They were, they were open, I believe, Friday. Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we were we were there Sunday. Um, shout out to all the Zone Two volunteers, uh, Lynn Friedman, and of course uh, Kathy Lee. Uh, they had everything pretty much set up. For those that don't know what a Porsche Platz is, maybe Manny, you can share with them um, what goes on there. Well, it's a great uh, benefit of membership. Uh, uh, you um, even if you don't have a um, parking pass to bring your car in, and you just fly in. Let's say like us, uh, rent uh, drove a non Porsche. Uh, you're so welcome to come into the uh, the Porsche Plots, which is a hospitality tent. Um, they usually have a soda, water, uh, no food, but soda, water. They have uh, plenty of seating. They have um, uh, TVs that show the race. They do presentations, uh, which means they always bring the factory teams in to talk. They usually bring Michelin engineers to talk about the race. They'll bring IMSA safety officials to talk about what they do. Uh, so they have a whole schedule when you uh, first walk in that uh, is, is posted where they have little pamphlets they'll give you and uh, they're highlighting red what's going on at the uh, plots and you can come back and, you know, it's a great place to sit down to meet people uh, uh, if you're meeting up with people and hang out and it's all free. Yeah. It's all part of uh, the, um, the membership and the relationship we have with Porsche and uh, they usually have it in a good spot, a good viewing spot. Uh, this time it was between turns uh, three and four of the IR and uh, it was right in the middle of the action we were right next to the paddock so it wasn't a, a very far walk to uh the, you know get to pit lane if you wanted to uh, but it's almost at every every IMSA race mm-hmm. we have a, a Porsche plots and I was very curious and I wish I would have asked but I couldn't find if the uh, our our um our friends from Chevrolet and uh BMW had any tents. I saw uh, the parking. So BMW definitely had a tent cuz okay. I went over there and said hi to my friends over there. Uh Corvette not so much. I didn't see a tent. Okay. Uh, they have. They did have a parking car. Rotolana, they're opposite of us. 
across the across the road on the other side of the bridge, you have a uh, almost equal size um, turnout. Yeah, it looked like ours was filled. Our lot. It looked yeah, like, oh uh, yeah, because it usually sells out the um, the uh, Porsche Plus parking, which is, that's something you do have to pay for. Uh, but you get the closest parking uh, you can. But VIR, if you've never been there, it's like a golf course that they built a racetrack on. And they actually built it in the 50s, rehabbed it about, uh, I'm going to say, 20 years ago. And it is just absolutely beautiful. It's um, rolling hills. It has tons of elevation changes. It's a track that they would never build today because of safety reasons. But it's also the site of where the first ever IMSA race was run in 1970. That wow. Peter Gregg and Hurley Haywood won in a 914.6 GT. Wow. Certainly one of my favorite tracks to drive on. Um, and as part of the you know parking in the corral that weekend, you have an opportunity for parade laps. And uh, what Manny and I love to do is we, we love to hitch a ride. So they lined up, I think, 100, 120 cars. And we just kind of went down the row. And I got to ride in a Black Edition 987. You rode in like a SC or something, Manny? I rode in an 85, I think, Carrera. Oh, okay, 85 Carrera. And uh, so you line up there. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the, the lineup of cars. And it's, you know, when you hear parade lap, you think, uh, you know, is it really that fun? I would encourage you, even parade lap speeds, to be able to see the track from a racer's point of view and look at, you know, the, you know feel the elevation mm-hmm. and such. Uh, you never know if you're going to get one two three laps because depending on the timing if they run late or whatever at minimum you're going to get one but uh on sunday they got three amazing laps and the gentleman that i was riding with he had never driven vir before and uh he had a lot of fun yeah a lot of fun yeah i just walked up and introduced myself and said you have a passenger he said no no and i said do you mind if i hop along he said sure it was dave nabisky he had the i think it was an 85 uh Carrera. He also had a 996, um, but a beautiful white with the tail. And anyways, he had driven the track before. So I was telling him, you know, I used to race club race here for over a decade. And uh, so instinctively having instructor for so many years, <laughs> I started giving him hints because I could tell he was missing some apexes, <laughs> even though we're not going super fast. Right, right. Um, but it's just naturally you just want to take the line when you're driving, even a parade right. lap. I was exactly the same way. So usually in prairie laps, people just follow the car in front of them. And most most people on prairie laps have never driven a track. And they're like way offline. So, of course, I asked the guys, like, are you interested in driving the line? Because I've driven here a couple of times. And he's like, sure. And, uh, you know, we made sure we gave each you know, gave a car in front of us and behind us enough space, so to speak. And uh, his eyeball just got large. He's like, man, this is so much. Fun. He's like, I've done DEs before, but I've never driven the line at VIR. And for us to be able to do three laps, I mean, we were cooking on that's the back straight. That's a big track, too. It's yeah. not, a, not like Lime Rock. It's yeah, a yeah, very yeah, big yeah. track. I mean, they were cooking on the back straight there, so... It, but within PCA guidelines. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there was no helmets or anything like that, so super yeah. safe. Yeah. And then, let's see, we helped break down the uh, Porsche plots, and it's, uh, again, thank you to all the volunteers, because once everybody leaves, there's a lot of stuff to pack up and get ready to put on the trucks and get it to the next event. And uh, there's a very specific order at which things goes, Uh in packaging so that when you get to the next destination, unpacking it, everything will be just as efficient. So thank you to our volunteers for doing that. You're going to gloss over the 200 cookies you took. Oh my (laughs) gosh. So, which I noticed he he probably forgot to bring them in. No, no, I'm gone one day. How many did you keep at home? Uh, I got like a dozen. I brought them, they're all they're on there. That's as many snickerdoodles as were in there. Well, here's, (laughs) so here's, here's what happened. So, what he's referring to is we were actually next to a, I think an IMSA VIP, whatever, whatever. Yes. And they were closing down at the same time. And they had two trays of untouched wrapped cookies. And Lynn is famous for feeding. The, what are those things in uh, Monterey, the little ground squirrels? The uh, chipmunks. Chipmunks. The chipmunks in in uh, in Monterey. So she's always like, we, we don't like things to go to waste. So she comes over with two trays of cookies. She's like, you're... <laughs> Here are our ground squirrels. So figure out what to do with these. And of course, I'm not going to say no. And uh, once, especially when I took one to try, they were like delicious cookies. Hmm. So we transported them back. And then 
not last night, but the night before, I put them in Ziploc bags and brought them into the office. They were going to throw away a lot of fruit, too. I know. It, I it felt took, bad about it, that. I felt bad. There was so much food that they were throwing away. Ugh. Like Don saw me eating blueberries. He goes, where'd you get that? I go, from the trash. No. <laughs> and he looked at me. I'm like, no, seriously. I said, they're untouched. They're I mean, in, it wasn't trash. In plastic they, containers. They were putting it away to be taking away. Not like you weren't going through a dumpster. I mean, we got, you know, we got. We not, got hey, we're not. Pr- we're not too uh, proud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I saw some fresh Hoosiers in there, I'd be touching them tonight. Yeah. Well, single-use Hoosiers, <laughs> you, I'll take them. But really, uh, the opportunity for us to come down there was to uh, be together with the um, the Ingrams and the Ingram Experience, and uh, maybe 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 share with them what the Ingram Experience at VIR is all about. Uh, well, you had different experiences, but like on Sunday or the whole weekend rather for the IMSA race, it's basically uh, hospitality. It's uh, if you uh, want to experience the race at a higher level. Um, then uh, you spend a little bit more, and uh, you're treated like a VIP, first class. You know they they take care of. Uh, they have they rented the whole South Course building, which is a pretty sizable building, which had great views from the second floor. Um, they had a, a lounge chair set up with canopies in the shade, their own parking, and uh, they had speakers coming to the um, to the building. Um, they invited Alvin Springer, who's the co grand marshal for. Uh, Rensport reunion, um, uh, him and his wife Yolanda to the event, and they stayed. and He gave us some uh, talks about his career in motorsports, and uh, you know, it's just everything's first class. They didn't have to wait in the barbecue sandwich line that we had to. Right. And right. on top of that, you know, uh, not only is Alvin Springer walking around, and you can you know say hi and, and talk with him and pick his brain about all all the Porsche history that he was a part of, but there's also literal Porsche history sitting right there, you know? So if you're part of the Ingram experience, they'll be bringing cars like their 550 Spider. They had a 906, the LT Gray 906 with the stripes. They had a 74 Carrera RS, um, uh, a 918 Spider in that deep purple. I believe mm-hmm. it's a one of one. Um, so there, there's a lot there. You Viola know? Metallic. Viola Metallic? Yeah. I, I think when Bob we... Ingram made that color up and it was yeah. his color for a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing with with uh, VIR they have they have beautiful accommodations like uh, hotels and even the the we stayed Manny had a great idea because uh, we were we stayed overnight on um, on Sunday and he said why don't we stay at the track and I've stayed at the um, the little rooms above the garage right on the front straight but it was very 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 basic when we stayed probably what a decade ago. And uh, the prices were actually very reasonable because it was Sunday. Everybody was leaving, and it's basically empty. Um, and they've actually upgraded it, so it was really nice. And we did what we did back in the day. Like, we bunked up. He had a bed. I had a bed. And you and Boggs uh, shared a room. But it was really nice accommodations in that sense. But unlike other tracks, there aren't a lot of hospitality buildings at VIR. So this Ingram experience you know, offers that for someone that has been to, say, Daytona or uh, Sebring, where there's just lots of buildings where you can have air conditioning, you can still see the track and have a more upscale experience. So I think they're tapping into something that's probably going to be pretty popular. Oh, yeah. Rents for a union. Everyone wants uh, oh, yeah. hospitality. Right. They want to pay extra for the experience. And that's part of, um, you know, with Kathy Lee and Philip that... Uh, that type of uh, marketing they do is it's just more than the cars, it's the experience. So, and they, they also do track days. Uh, so it's very limited, obviously, the amount of cars that are in. So you're also treated VIP at the track day. Um, so if you're willing to spend more and that's what you're looking for, then they fill that need. And the whole reason why we were there is Rory reached out to us. Um, they've got to do a shakedown on a number of the cars that they're taking to Rensport. And it makes sense. But you don't really think about it, right? Like all these cars that are coming to Rensport, a good number of them have probably just been sitting in a collection and not necessarily been driven and and tested and such. And you don't know what's going to happen when you kind of waken these cars up. And uh, you don't want to be the first time you wake these cars up when you're at Rensport. So smartly, they are doing that or they were doing that at VIR. And guess what? Things came up like it, they yeah. didn't, you know, they they had to tweak the idle or they had a wheel bearing they had to tighten up or something, something. And uh, I think 
smartly, that's a great way to prepare for such an amazing event at Rensport is to do the, the shakedown on, on, on all these cars. Yeah, Joe, uh, legendary Porsche factory driver, former Porsche factory driver, Joe Buzetta, his son was there uh, to drive an Elva Porsche um, that his dad drove back mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, his dad, when he drove it, had a four cam flat four, uh, but it had a flat six this time. But this was the first time uh, Buzetta Jr. had driven it. Um, and let's, in, in the wet. <laughs> in the wet, when it was raining. <laughs> okay, This is a 985-pound exactly. race car. Let's set the stage for people yep. that are listening what an Elva Porsche is. Yep. This thing is barely larger than a go-kart. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Well, yep. it's a little bit bigger than a go-kart. It's like a 550 Spider. <laughs> Two go-karts. <laughs> Two go- it's, it's, <laughs> but it, um, originally, like Damon said, it had a 4-cam, which was 180, 190 horsepower. Um, now it has a flat six 2.7, so it's pumping oh, a yeah. lot more horsepower. Um, and back in the day when it had uh, just, I'm going to say just the four cam, it, it was uh, it was devious. I mean, uh, yeah. if you read the history, there were the factory drivers from Germany who drove it once and said they'll never drive it again, that they would rather compete in the fatter uh, RS60s then uh, the rest of their lives in this That's car. funny to say that an RS60 is a fatter one. Cause yeah, an compared RS60, to the Elva. Compared to the Elva, it certainly is. But the Elva RS- was a, uh, the, the chassis was a British manufacturer, and it was uh, very lightweight, and, and supposedly over uh, over a couple beers, bench racing, um, some people had the idea of, hey, let's take this chassis and stick a, a Porsche engine in it. And that's what they did, and it became, um, for people who could uh, tame it, it was a very competitive a ride, but if you, it was a, a long way to get there, and I think his son was discovering that because I can only imagine how scary that must have been to drive because you have no PSM, you have no uh, safety features in that car, and, and not only that, your behind is literally what three inches off of the ground, so you oh, know yeah. how like yeah. when you're low, things just seem that much faster. Lightweight car, tons of horsepower, your behind is on the ground, and you're on a track like VAR, like that. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it's raining. That's got to be terrifying <laughs> so it's raining he he comes in oh, you know there's some problem the caliper stuck or, or something was, yeah so they um uh, the mechanics that uh road scholars had brought uh jacked the front of the car up you know and they're looking around and they figured out it was the the front left wheel was sticking and the wheel bearing the wheel bearing was loose and what it was pushing against the caliper and it was that that yeah. wheel was wiggling like at least an inch in either direction yeah and so i'm thinking oh my god and he was out there doing that in the rain for the first time ever and probably a car that's worth hundreds of, of thousands of dollars but um so yeah, they one of a kind i mean there's not yeah, many elbow portions say, yeah. around anymore so they lifted the bodywork off and so we were able to get a look at you know what's what are the bones of this car and one your feet are basically even with the front axle yep two the um, steering column is like a spear ready to impale you <laughs> if you get in any sort of front end crash. Like it's just there's no brake; it's just one long yep. spear. And if you hit that something, was motorsports back in the day. Oh my gosh! It was it was a it was a tough era yeah. to go racing. Um, yeah, we try not to talk about that when you look at the car, especially when the driver's standing there. Yeah. But Manny was kind of in his element because I will be honest, a lot of these cars I know what they are, but I don't know the history of them. And it was awesome to have Manny walk us around and talk about, you know, I knew it was a four cam, but I didn't realize they put a six cylinder in it. I didn't know that, um, you know, and, and, and I, Joe Bazetta, I remember seeing him. I probably have his autograph from one of the Ren Sports. Oh, really? Yeah, he was a factory driver, American factory driver for four years from 66 to 70 or late 69. And, uh, you know, he went from driving, um, he drove everything. And back then, everything that uh, was put in front of him, he would drive. While that wasn't his only career, he was opening up uh, car dealerships in, I think, Long Island. And so um, he was very well known in the uh, in the American uh, racing scene because he was such a good driver. And I got I looked at his son. I'm like, I mean, you look just like photos of your dad. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you would have told me that was Joe Bazzetta. I would have to process the fact that he should have been looking a lot, right. a lot older <laughs> from what I remember seeing him like 20 years ago at Rensport. Oh. But uh, yeah, he and I remember he seemed to love to have a great time. The, the father, yeah, uh, people remembering. Uh, you could hear everybody saying, "I saw you race at Bridgehampton. I saw you race here." Um, so it was pretty cool to see uh, that little bit of history come back to life. Mm-hmm. So you actually uh, was probably excited for, very excited for one car that you 
thought you'd never see, and you even brought your little model with it. Yeah, hmm. yeah. the 906E, which uh, E is for injection. Um, that um, Robert, Rose that's Scholar, the black, the black and yellow car, Robert. The Rose Scholars uh, restored, and it was on the lawn of Pebble Beach a week prior, and then here it was in front of us at the track. Um, it was, uh, and, and if you're watching the YouTube uh, version of our podcast, uh, that is all tape. Yep, and that's not paint; it's all tape. That's and I how believe, they did it, and that's mm. uh, and they did that because they actually just happened to have black and yellow tape, you know, on, yeah. on the toolbox. It and this isn't Road, Scho- Road Scholars is copying what they did. What back they did in back the in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yes. mean, it's it's not like they had a computer and designed some kind of fancy, uh, you know, uh, livery. They said we've got black tape, we've got yellow tape. Let's make this happen. And yeah. and I, honestly, I, it, this this car would have been what year again? Uh, that would have 67. 67, man. It looks so cool. It looks very much, those of you, this might be uh, before Damon's time, but remember Racer X from Speed Racer? Mm-hmm. Like, I think if Racer X was to drive a car or drive a Porsche, that would be Racer X's Porsche. Oh, there's there's the volunteer crew. <laughs> yeah, the volunteer. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was very cool because, like I said, I bought that model, I think, 20 years ago, and uh, I didn't even know the car existed anymore. But I remember seeing photos of a race, and, like, the whole purpose of that uh, livery was to get attention, which they did. It certainly does. And uh, then hearing the history of it, which I wasn't really familiar with the history, but how it went to um, South America after it ran in Europe and won the uh, South American Endurance Championship hmm. under the same livery. Hmm. So it's, The tape uh, lasted that long, huh? <laughs> you know, I asked them when you restored it, I said, did you have to go find the exact tape? I mean... You know, I mean, because I know road scholars, and they will go to, they will fly to Germany, and, know, yeah. and how many times it doesn't matter yeah. to get the right information and, and recreate everything the way it was originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. Now they they shook that car down. Uh, I was too far in the back of the prey lap, but that car I think was one of the four or five cars that yeah. led the prey lap. So they did yeah. three laps at VR in that thing. Um, but what I was really impressed with was Cam. Was really shaking down the nine oh four. Yeah, yeah. In the rain. In the rain. And he was not. (laughs) He was not like you know just putzing around. Like he was. Mm -hmm. He. he, The thing about where we were, we were on the back straight. um, And if you know VIR, there's a couple of hills at the end of that straight. And because these cars are mostly uh, unmuffled. You can tell when a driver lets up. Yeah. <laughs> and he did not. I mean, he was from Oak Tree all the way to the second, uh, you know, the braking zone. I mean, you could hear he was just on it. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it, what, what struck me was, and, I, and, I th- and it encouraged me to start writing an article. I wrote an article about how to tell a uh, replica speedster from a real one. Mm. And that article has been recorded so many times. And I'm going to do one for about the 904. Oh, that'd be While cool. While 904 replicas aren't as plentiful as uh, speedsters, they still pop up, and we have one in our region um, that Chip owns, and it's a it's a beautiful car. Whenever mm-hmm. it comes to cars and coffee, people just just gather around it. And it's funny because a lot of people come up, and they go, I've never seen a real one. Mm-hmm. And I always got to say, well, you, you still, still have it. <laughs> you still have it. <laughs> Is that one of the Beck replicas? Yeah. 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 Beck, Which yeah. I have to say – I think they lengthened the wheelbase slightly and make and it wider. Widened it. You can yeah. tell when you're looking at when I was looking at the Ingram's 904. Yeah, I said, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the measurements. Mm. I'm sure they have it online yeah. and see because I remember Chip telling me they make it wider and longer so it drives better and is more comfortable. Yeah, and it still looks really good. No, I mean, oh yeah, unless yeah. It, unless, unless it's parked next to one. Tell you, and that's when you can really tell when they're parked next to each other. But yeah. um, um, that's I, I told somebody I said uh, Bex 550. And the uh, 904 would probably be the only two replicas I'd ever own mm-hmm. uh, because they're so accurate. Well, and, yeah, well uh, done. Mm-hmm. And much, much less expensive than the real thing. Mm-hmm. But having the real thing in front of us at uh, VIR was really special. And like mm-hmm. you said, watching uh, Cam get in there in the rain. And, and I asked him, I said, what about the tires? Are they, you know, because you hear that these vintage-looking tires have modern rubber and he was like, it's still really scary. He <laughs> said it's very narrow. It has huge sidewalls on it. And he says it folds over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He said it's a lot of, like, drifting yeah. uh, to get around the corners. And holding him in place while he's drifting is the original seat. Yes. Remember, yes. he took that out. And it's yeah, he the took original. it out like uh, you're taking a piece of bubble gum out of yeah, a wrap. It's not latched into anything. It just no. sits in the, the well, little. There, well, there's, like, a uh, like a receiving mm-hmm you know, match to concaves. Yeah, yeah. To, to the seat. But there's actually um in the middle of the seat, 
there is not a rail, but the way they designed it, mm-hmm. when you throw it into that recess, the rail lines up with the mm-hmm. rail that's um, the recess in the seat. So mm-hmm. it locks into place when it mm-hmm. when you're sitting sitting down on it. Yeah. But there's no adjustments of going no. forward or backward. And it's the original velour. It's uh, the original coconut. He said mm-hmm. it was coconut, coconut fiber. Coconut fiber. It's stuffed with. Yeah, and it's all which apparently is what gives those cars their smell on the inside a little bit. Yeah. He was saying, right? Is that coconut? Yeah. So I, I guess like when he was driving in the rain, yes, it had wipers, but defrost. He said it was like going up Pikes Peak because your mm-hmm. windows was fogging up, and mm-hmm. I guess he's using his his oh, gloves yeah. to. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, heck, that's even with the um, old nine elevens. Yeah, that's that true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, a car that was, I think, born in around the Potomac region quite a bit. And I've never seen this one in person, but it is striking because it's red with um, yellow stripes and it says Electrodyne. Oh, the 944 GTR. I've never seen that yeah. car. That That is not really a 944. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a 944 in some ways, but that thing is like tubular chassis, wide. So there is a, uh, for those who don't know, there's a fabricator named Fabcar, Dave Klim, and he was actually authorized from the factory to build uh, 962. Hold on uh, one second. Robert, for the YouTube viewers, that's the red car. There it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Dave Klim uh, was authorized to build 962 uh, bodies and the, and the monocoque and everything, and he built so many uh, Porsche race cars. So he actually built uh, these 944 GTRs per spec from the factory. And, and uh, yeah, I had not seen this car in a long, long time. And that's and, all fiberglass over a tube chassis. Well, so mm-hmm. it's, yeah, but it's, I think, the original body. part, The rear part, I think, is still the original. Uh, it looked like fiberglass yeah. to me. I'm yeah. talking about not the, not the overhang, not the. Uh, like where the bumper where the, where and the, the lights, lights are? are? Where the lights are. And uh, I think that's still the. Uh, I don't know. There's a little bit of originality. Right uh, I think the taillights are. I think the taillights are the only thing that's yeah. real on that. The car. engine says Porsche on it. I'm guessing that's just a highly, highly modified. 2.5 uh, turbocharged. Yeah, it's. Uh, it doesn't even sound like a 944 the, turbo. The best engine. is seeing the flames come out of the yeah. side of it. That yeah. was so cool. And there, there's this uh, in the. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a silver knob kind of in the middle of uh, the photo there, and that's that's the fun knob. Boost. Yep. <laughs> That's what they were. Uh, so uh, looking into the windows, Alan Springer, who uh, who's Andal built that engine probably like thirty years ago. Yeah, and uh, uh, he was giving advice on how because they were having trouble uh, getting boost. Something was wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was amazing watching mechanics listening. It was like listening to the Pope. Yeah, they were very uh, yes, sir, quiet and respectful <laughs> and uh, a lot of reverence, listening to anything that Alan said that could help them and. Um, he even uh, asked him for a piece of paper, and he drew him a diagram and yeah. then gave him his phone number, and he said, try this out, and uh, let me know. Call me, and I'll... Uh, he still uh, got it. Yeah, he, he, oh, yeah, uh, for he, sure. Uh, he so, doesn't get into the race cars, he yeah. said, but uh, he'll make them go faster. And here's the thing is when they were they when they were trying to figure it out themselves, they were saying, could it be this? Could it be that? And Alan, Alan says, let's not, let's not focus on what it could be. Let's start from A. And go to Z. And when you start from A and you go to Z, you will find what's wrong. Don't assume or don't guess. Mm. And uh, it was really an honor to yeah. watch him grab a wrench and just kind of look through from, like I said, from A to Z. And yeah. uh, he did something to the blow-off valve. Mm-hmm. And they took it out and they found out the the turbos were building boost. So it wasn't it wasn't the a turbos, bad it yeah. wasn't the bad turbo. So again, he was very methodical about it, and it was an honor to. Yeah. To watch him go through it, yeah, and that's, so that car is also being. Uh, that's a Colin Dockerty um, from uh, Dow Sport and Sea Duck. He, he is um, getting the car ready for uh, for Rensport as well. All right, so let's use this to remind people to sign up at PCA's uh, website for the various e newsletters we have. Robert, if you'll throw those up, so sign up for eBreak News, Mart Fresh News, Performance News. Just simply go to PCA.org. And uh, you'll get a lot of great PCA and Porsche information delivered to your inbox. All free, too. All free. All free. Um, Speaking of free, how about the YouTube videos that uh, recently went up? Uh, Yeah. So uh, it's funny. I I see in our agenda here that um, we're going to be talking about the works uh, video, which 
I feel like that was ages ago. I looked we, published that. That. We, didn't, we didn't talk about it the last podcast. Because <laughs> yeah. it felt like we talked about it, but I'm like, no, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, much like we did the video at Parade at the Concourse, um, which got right now has over 30,000 views. So one of our better recent videos, we decided to do something very similar. It works. Um, so Manny directed, went out and picked a bunch of cars for me to go film B-roll of that we would uh, grab Vu and go on a, a walk around. And um, this time we focused, or I should say Manny focused on um, the the crazy Porsche colors that were at the show. And I think just by focusing on the crazy colors, we got a pretty wide variety of mostly 911s. Um, but uh, yeah, but what did we have? A, a, a 70... Seven or seventy six on steel wheels. Yeah, the nine twelve moss green. Um, Graham Rahal had his shark blue. um, Dakar, Dakar, and his amethyst metallic uh, Carrera GT. Oh, Carrera GT with the HRE wheels. Um, Lime green, which I've watched the video a couple times since we published, but that that lime green Carrera RS. Yeah, that is the greenest car I have ever seen. It like makes the whole screen look green. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I want to thank you guys because uh, for those of you that don't know, when we're at an event such as Parade or Works Reunion, we are really focused on running the event. And in order for us to do a video like this in the middle of it all, mm-hmm. Manny and Damon go through a lot of planning to go pick out the cars, kind of set the stage. And then luckily for me, and Damon has to do a lot of B-roll. A lot of B-roll. <laughs> took and, a little longer than I thought in, it would. In, in hopes that later when he edits, he'll go, did I get that shot? Did I get yeah, that shot? Exactly. And more often than not... He does, and uh, you know they pull me off stage, and we we really shoot this in what not even ten fifteen minutes, yeah. But because of all the preparations they did with it, it comes out to being something yeah. that hopefully you you enjoy because our the whole idea why we do this or the reason why we do this is because we know not everyone gets to our events, but you can get a little bit of a feel and flavor and highlight of the event, and I think that's why it's so popular, right? Mm-hmm. Because people, oh, I heard about works reunion but what was there what how is it different this year and all yeah. that kind of stuff so. i like to think it's my video skills have gotten better but i've got a feeling it's the it, but substance it is. of the uh... no it is your your video <laughs> skills have gotten better because you're planning more you're yeah. you know better equipment um the audio is better yeah. you know we're, we're kind of a one-stop shop we don't have a video crew we don't have a dedicated group that does yeah. that this is all of us pitching in to deliver this stuff to you all so yeah. hopefully you enjoy it and if you are i'm going to plug please uh, we're almost to 80,000 subscribers. And yep. of course, you know, we're heading to 100,000. That's our, our big goal because uh, yeah. then we get the official YouTube plaque. Yep. So hopefully we'll get there soon. But yeah, each and every one of you can help us get there. Yeah, we actually passed a pretty big milestone three days ago. Uh, 10 million views on our channel since, what was it, February... 15th 2010 is 2010? when it was started. Wow. 10 million views. Very cool. So... The uh, you also threw up a one mile review. I think it was a nine nine seven. Yep, nine nine seven, a twenty eleven. So nine nine seven dot two, the facelift. Uh, you know, mid cycle update car, uh, twenty eleven Carrera four S, and nine nine seven dot twos. They're great cars. If a lot of people think they're the sort of the definitive water cooled nine eleven when it comes to size to shape, you know, um, the controversial headlights of the previous generation and the nine nine seven. Dot two does all that, but then takes the engine. Porsche took the engine and made a lot of improvements to it to increase reliability and make a little more power. And what's crazy is I drove several 997.2s and one early 997 that day. The Carrera 4S has like some sort of a special sauce. And I've always heard that about the Carrera 4S, starting with the 996 generation. Uh-huh. Like you would think, all wheel drive 911 is not the one you want for performance. And granted, I didn't have a very twisty road or many turns at all, but you can just feel it. You know, it's tighter. It doesn't feel all-wheel drive. It feels rear-wheel drive, at least in the situations I was driving it in. Um, It's just a really solid car. And, um, yeah, you can't go wrong with one of those. And if you're considering a Carrera S, um, don't rule out a Carrera 4S of that generation because you might be surprised. It's not... Like the, I think the 964 Carrera 4, maybe the all-wheel drive system wasn't quite as performance-oriented as the 993 and later models. And yeah, you, you can definitely tell. The, the 4S is a special car. What's interesting is uh, we've talked about this quite a bit amongst ourselves here at the mm-hmm. office. The 997.2s 
are really around the same price range of early 991s. Yeah. Why is that? And what would you buy? I if if you gave me a 991 whether it was a dot one or dot two and put it up against the 997.2 um and they were roughly the same price and they were let's say the model that like Carrera S versus Carrera S or yeah. 4S versus 4S I would go 997. I'm really? I like to me 997s they they're less rear engine feeling than the dot one 997s and even less rear engine feeling than the 996 cars, you know, they just Porsche engineered, you know, and, and really fine tuned the handling so that they were very balanced. But as soon as you go from 997.2 to, to a 991, mm-hmm. you realize that the 997 generation is very rear engine feeling because, you know, after that, they they widened, they lengthened the wheelbase, I believe. They widened the front track. So it it's more of a GT really car. stable and it's more GT car like. Yeah. 997.2 is kind of, for me, the last 911 that really has that mid-engine feeling even if you're not pushing it really hard how about you manny i would pick a manual 997 over a manual 991 mm. <clears throat> but i, I would with probably that. pick a pdk 991 mm. over a stick shift 997 i mean it's it's an incredible card night and i like small cars and yep. it, it, name is right the 997 is the for a lot of people the perfect size i i love it i think it's perfect um but if we're talking the same price like we started a conversation Oh, that would be a tough one. You the, know. Nine, the 992 interior, and we don't often talk about interiors. Mm-hmm. So nice. It's really so nice. So nice compared 991, to... 991, you mean? I'm sorry, 991 well, interior. Well, both 991 and yeah. 2. Um, before I forget, so you mentioned... Uh, I forgot to mention that this Carrera 4S, this Dot 2, was PDK. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I had said, I'd driven other Dot 2s with, uh, with PDK. This one had Sport Chrono, or actually Sport Chrono and Sport Chrono Plus, Um it makes a huge difference with shift quality and shift speed with PDK on the 997.2 generation, mm. you know, um, and a car that doesn't have sport chrono, it shifts quickly better than probably most do all clutch transmissions even nowadays, but you can tell Porsche's really moved on. But if you get sport chrono and you press the sport or the sport plus button, totally changes the character. I don't, I don't yeah. think I would want PDK unless it had Sport Chrono from that generation. Interesting. So that's something to keep in mind as well. The 997 was still using a six-speed manual. Yep, six-speed manual. Switch to, so 991 used a PDK manual, essentially. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the, as far as shifting and transmission, I love the 997 manual. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they would have kept that kind of feel on the 991 manual. Yeah, there's some trickery going on with the and the 991 is introduces the seventh gear. Well, it's basically yeah. a PDK transmission yeah. Yeah. for manual. It's yeah. um, and there's no. some electronic wizardry going on. So because if you just took the PDK gearbox in a 991, and there was no, I'll just call it the wizardry going on. You know, up and to the left is first, but you know, where second usually is might be fourth, and you know. Oh, Second might be up over. I never the top had the left. connected feeling. I didn't feel yeah. like there was a cable as I was moving was moving the gears. It was more yeah. electronic. So, yeah. so Porsche does a lot of work so that you know to make that the PDK work as a manual. And so first is where it usually is. Second is. Where I think it, it also is. depends on what you're planning to do with the mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. If you're touring, you want to row your own gears and stuff like that. Like I totally get it, but I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I I love the advantage of a PDK at Nautocross. Like I yeah. I like I I listen to the PDK cars at Nautocross, <laughs> and I go, man, I I really need that speed. I really need yeah, how but quick you you shift. wouldn't base your car purchase on the one time a year that you drive three no, minutes. No, well, no, well, the thing is, I, like I have manual cars, right? But I don't have a PDK car, so I would like a PDK car, PDK mm-hmm. car, so I could have that experience at Nautocross too. But it does yeah. great things as well. And I, like I said, I do love the nine nine one. Uh, interior i think the 991 exterior although it's larger and you know and, and such i uh man people are going to kill me for saying <laughs> this but i like the 991 look better yeah. than the 997 how could you come on i know i'm nine, sorry nine, no. <laughs> i'm sorry it's just it looks more uh, more elegant and more modern because it is. It's, yeah, it's it is more I, I modern, that. but i more I, gt carish yeah yeah luckily yeah. i don't have to make the decision because the way my garage is set up 
I cannot take any bigger cars. Oh, well, you have what, <laughs> like half an inch between cars? That's what I mean. I, I can't even take a 996, I think, because it's uh, wider <laughs> than my uh, 964. You, you've put three cars in a two-car garage. Yes, and it's only possible because it's a 914, a 964, and a 987's a fat one. I think yeah. that I think that would be a great video of seeing how Manny puts not only puts the three cars into a two-car garage, but I still don't know how he gets out of the last car he puts in. No, that's in. easy. That's easy. <laughs> is it really? Sunroof? There's plenty of room. Oh. My, but my wife has a uh, – uh, her screensaver on her phone is the time that I parked. Like, I'm not lying. It was a quarter inch between each fender. Oh, jeez. And she almost had a heart attack. Cause I think you could – maybe less than maybe eighth inch. Uh, but I, the way I, I do it is I have a piece of uh, inch foam – in between the two, uh-huh. and that's my my safety measure, my net, if you will. Um, but I've done it so many times that uh, hey, it's not a big deal anymore. You gotta do what you gotta do to get yep. those cars inside. Yep. All right. Uh, oh, and thank you so much for getting yeah, PMB right? the PMB video. So I went to visit Eric at PMB. Um, I was taking, I think I was taking Justine out to college or something like that. And PMB she, is a uh, they specialize in brakes. Yeah. Uh, what does it stand for? I don't know, actually. <laughs> I should. Uh, I did ask him, but I don't recall now. And actually, I believe it has to do with some sort of uh, shoot, performance something breaks. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to say Porsche, Mercedes, BMW. Okay. That, that would make sense. Or something like that. I don't, Eric will have to share. Yeah. Uh, he did tell me, and I apologize. I don't remember. But anyways, um, here's a guy that uh, needed some breaks for his 914. He was a professional in a totally different industry, and uh, he was restoring a car, and he figured out how to rejuvenate you know, 914 calipers, and he threw them up on uh, 914 World, and people were so impressed. He got like six orders, and yeah. next thing you know, he's you know cranking these out in his garage. And, and that's because 914 calipers, apparently, as I've been learning, are work totally different from basically any other Porsche brake caliper. Um, the rear ones are different. The, rear, the, the rears, rears, the yeah, rears yeah. are different. The fronts are kind of the same. Yeah. Um, but these are all, you know, steel brakes. And as these cars get older, it's harder to find, um, you know, restored or if you needed to rebuild them yourself. Not everybody can do it or do it correctly. And he uses the factory Porsche seals and such. But the vi- so I was so amazed. I, you know me. I, my background is in logistics, and I love how things are are made or things how things are done. And so he gave me a tour and I said, I've got to capture this. And Justine had to do something at school. I was like, you know what? I'm going to drive out and visit Eric and take a, take a set of microphones. What's and, a comedian he looks like? He looks like, uh, it's the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh, I don't know. It's going to hit me after the, after <laughs> after the show. I'm sure he'll tell you who everybody says he is. But the process in which they take the uh, the calipers apart and then clean them and then uh, chromate them it's, it's zinc, zinc plate zinc plate yeah to do it right man it's it is a process so hopefully you've caught that on youtube and you'll enjoy that video and i shot that with your editing um yeah. labor in mind and i kind of took everything in order yeah, that was so. an easy video i think that um because of how you shot it it only took so i spent like an hour on sunday evening and then Perfect. Two and a half hours yesterday. Yeah, and they so came out perfect. It was done, yeah. They came out perfect. So kudos. What I learned from that when he sent us the uh, video to review before it posted was, uh, I'm not going to try to redo my brakes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean the way you know yeah. because it looks you look yeah. YouTube and you're like, oh. yeah, just buy the stencils from eBay yeah. and spray it and it'll look good and new. And then I watch this and I'm like, the way I like things to be almost factory like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and even just the, even the painted calipers mm-hmm. to do it right, uh, you yeah. know, I mean, meaning cleaning it properly and putting new seals. Uh, mm-hmm. So one one of the comments on the on YouTube was, you know, how come you don't do core exchanges on the uh, you know the Brembo, the aluminum calipers, and so the steel ones, you know, the cores are it's steel, it's usually robust, and nothing has gone wrong with them, and they do core exchanges for those, but they don't do it for. The aluminum ones because the aluminum ones oftentimes maybe warped. they did it before yeah they're warped and mm-hmm. you know they might send you out a perfect set and then you send them a junk mm-hmm. set and then they got to chase that down blah 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 mm-hmm. blah um but the the process for restoring the steel brakes is quite different from the aluminum because you want to keep the i forget what the coating is 
for the aluminum brakes. Yeah, so um, it's uh, the steel brakes are zinc plated, um, and then that's it. Right. Uh, the painted brakes. So basically, starting with the 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 four piston Brembos on the 944 Turbo, and then you know going later on on the cars with the fixed Brembo brakes, they're the aluminum is anodized, it's anodized, and yeah. then they're painted and clear coated. Unless apparently, I also just learned. Unless you have an early 944 turbo, it's just it's not painted. It's just anodized and then clear coated, yep. and then the bolts and hardware are zinc plated. Which that's a beautiful brake caliper. Yeah, and that's the thing is they maintain yeah. that. It's important to maintain the anodized yeah. finish to protect. Yeah, they don't aluminum. anodize it. They right. keep the they an- keep anodized. the anodized. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm sure there's other companies out there that strip the anodize and put a fresh coat of paint, which may look good, mm-hmm. you know, for several months or something like that, but ideally watch the video and you'll learn why mm-hmm. you need to keep the anodized. I'm glad I, when I rebuilt my brakes, I just went as far as uh, the seals, you know, and all the regular. You didn't mess with the finish. <laughs> I was not going to mess with the finish. I'm glad I didn't after yeah. seeing that video. <laughs> all right. So let's get into some news. Uh, first news item we have here is uh, Lightning McQueen and Sally are going to reunite. Yes. This made our events manager, Melanie, very happy since she was hoping to have these at the Porsche plots. But I think I, I told her, I said, someone from Germany heard what you were saying and I decided they wanted that in the main paddock. I guess that's where it's going to be. But uh, yes, they're going. This may sound comical, but it's actually really rare to have these two cars together in one place uh, because they're owned by two different people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're going to have uh, Lightning McQueen and Sally Carrera. They're actual uh, cars that were built based on this on this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sally sure Carrera runs and drives too. Yeah, yes, so it's a nine nine six. I don't know point if- two, right? Uh, so interesting enough, uh, so Sally Carrera's headlights are uh, 996.2s, but Sally Carrera chassis is actually 996.1. That was yeah. chopped up. The <laughs> next item, the next news item we have is kind of in my in my land is uh, the the 60 years of 911 Pumas. Yes. Uh, for and me, there's there's two. So there's the 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 walking shoe to the left there, which is kind of similar to. The PCA uh, Pumas, which are good for walking, but not so much for driving because the heels stick out so much. Um, but the driving shoe, which I like, the blue over tan, um, that's that's a sporty driving shoe. Yes, I like that one. That's yep. more my speed. And I think they, they're they limited to like 1963, um, I guess, pieces. So they'll probably sell out pretty quickly. So go to Porsche Design if you want to uh, find out the uh, the drop debt uh, not drop debt date <laughs> the drop date. <laughs> and let's see. Next we have oh the Turbo Cabriolet Spy video on track at the Nurburgring. Yeah, I thought this was also. Uh, I don't know. We also have the GT2 RS Spy video. I'm not sure if I sent that one to uh, to Robert or not, but. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, it, it, it seems weird that we had just have a turbo come out or a GT3 come out, and you're already seeing spied videos of the uh, the next generation models. But Porsche keeps on building the cars, and um, a lot of it revolves around uh, aero. Yeah. You know, once again, it's uh, not huge horsepower changes, but and it's also I uh, would love to be if they would show like the spy shots for what, when the cars finally revealed against what it, they thought it was going to look like and what it actually looked like because Porsche is very good at hiding stuff and making you think they're going to do something and then changing it. Although the wing on the GT3 RS for the longest time, everyone thought that was just a prop. Right. That there was no way they were <laughs> going to put a wing that big, but they did. Yeah. And this car, especially being in black, it's hard to tell, you know, what's changed. You know, the front fascia looks a bit different, but, uh, you know, Eagle Eyes uh, noticed that the uh, two tailpipes, uh, the left and the right side, are not the same. Yeah. One is... Uh, tubular and one is more kind of boxy looking so maybe they're trying out different designs so yeah. it could be uh, if not this one um obviously it may be in a couple of years but they're talking that it, the next turbo may be hybrid mm-hmm. mm. which would be uh very interesting yeah i would yeah. love to drive that yeah well speaking of hybrid the the next uh, news item is the recent announcement of the 2024 cayenne turbo e-hybrid and it's got staggering performance numbers. It's 729 horsepower, 700 pound-feet of torque. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting enough, it's not the fastest Cayenne because that title is still the Turbo uh, GT. The Turbo GT, and I've got to imagine that's because mm-hmm. of the weight of the battery. But it is the second most powerful Porsche 
Porsche road car the company has ever made. Yeah. Short uh, of a 918 Spider. Some quick stats, 3.5 seconds, 0 to 60, 183 miles an hour. Um, the battery uh, in this one has more range than the previous editions. Um, you know, the the interior is another thing to keep uh, keep your eye on is the uh, the new dash is very yeah. Tycon-like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. I would... I almost have to get that extra screen, which yeah. I think is optional. Yeah. Maybe standard on this car. I don't know. Uh, but uh, but it's still... You have, to, you have to get the full screen effect. It's still a twin turbo V8. So mm -hmm. twin turbo V8 plus the um, yeah. the electric uh, motor. Yeah. Man. Uh, 591 horsepower from the V8, which they've... Porsche's uh, revised pretty extensively from what they said in the press release. And then 174 horsepower electric motor. Yeah, it's got we've we've driven the turbo gt and turbo se hybrid panamera turbo, yeah know, some of that i mean they're insanely fast. if you want if you want your family to hustle around <laughs> quickly <laughs> this, kids are late for school <laughs> this is what you this is this is your ride and i think we're being i guess trained to hear about six figure numbers for cars but to me this one starts out at one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for that kind of performance? What a deal. What a deal. What a deal. What I'll a still deal. beat it in an autocross. <laughs> 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 yes. All right. So let's talk about some upcoming events. We still have, uh, I think, going to have to close this out shortly, but we still have a few more spots for volunteers for Run Sport 7. Yes. And remember, every volunteer, all you got to do is work one shift and you get a uh, T-shirt that only volunteers get and you get the event poster from Porsche in a tube. And what better thing to have to have the signatures from legends than the event poster? And we still have parade laps available? Parade laps are still available. Um, we're getting ready to uh, probably sell out of those, but it's Thursday and Sunday. Uh, they're still available. They're all in the morning, so if you're planning to leave early on Sunday, you can still get the parade laps done because they happen at 730 uh, so we weren't delayed by any on-track activity. Maybe, hopefully, no fog, but the on-track activity won't be delayed because we're the first ones out. And, Manny, can you please reiterate, um, you know, PCA sometimes is known as the Procrastinators Club of America. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> and we'll have some members calling up and say, hey, can we get still get some crowd tickets or can you get my car in? And the answer is? Yes, if it's for Rensport 8. <laughs> Rensport 7 is sold out. It's been sold out for a long time. The corral tickets, um, yeah. my, my best advice is uh, check up the PCA Mart, uh, check Rentalist, check Pelican Parts Forum. Um, uh, I've seen them for, for sale. That people, obviously, uh, with, when you're talking 1,800 uh, corral tickets, there's going to be people whose plans have changed. So I'm starting to see a lot more tickets, a lot more corral passes for sale. Um, but... When you buy the corral pass, make sure it's for your car. Because mm -hmm. just because you have a corral pass, if you show up with a Cayenne corral pass and you're 911, guess what? You're not going to park in either one. You're going to be parking in general parking, which means outside the track, regardless yeah. of your corral pass. So make sure your corral pass mat matches the type of car you're bringing. But there's still plenty of tickets for general attendance, and you can park in general parking. Yep, plenty of tickets. I just wrote in a, uh article for eBreak about uh, 10 things not to miss or do. And uh, the number one thing is when as soon as Porsche announces the uh, Rensport Reunion app, which they think may come out the week before Rensport, download it because that's going to be your savior for Rensport because that's where it's going to be updated. Any schedule changes, what's going on, and there is a lot going on as opposed to last time. This time they got the schedule broken down into the Porsche plots, the uh, Porsche Park in the paddock, um, on track stuff. On track, There's, yeah. um, it is going to be like Disney World as far as uh, so many things to do and not enough time. Speaking of not enough time, we need to sign off because we need to start cleaning this place for the open house, which also is sold out. So thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and own a Porsche, head to PCA.org with your VIN and get signed up. If you're looking for a Porsche, check out our test drive program. All the resources will be available to you so that you can find the right Porsche. Remember to follow our podcast, Instagram page, behind the scenes, photos, videos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. Again, please give us a like or comment. Um, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to send us an email, send it to podcast at PCA.org. Until next time, stay safe and we'll catch you down the road.